Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Today we're going through another real life story with Mia Quaglia, licensed clinical social worker in California, and she's joined by her dog, Benny, too, (laughs) today. (laughs) He's sitting on her lap. Thanks for doing this with me, Mia. Oh, thank you so much, Kelly, for for, uh, having me on your wonderful podcasting. Benny, yeah, he's a great addition, but he's still seven months old, so you're never quite sure what's going to happen with him. So So he might have something to add, and that's totally fine. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I am his mother, so I did teach him, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, I know you guys can't see Mia, but she has just the best smile ever and laugh. That's why I really like being around her. She's such a positive energy. So I'm hoping you guys will feel that today as we go through her story. I've known you a couple years now, I think. Yeah. A couple years. I went to the very first Mac and, uh-huh. um, and you were the one that I got to sit down with and told me how to do the A through Z of getting my practice done and it was just amazing, and it's, there's been so many good things since then. So let's talk about before the practice. What were you doing? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good question right off the bat. What was I doing before my practice? Um, well, I was working at uh, Golden Valley Health Centers, which is a um, center for lower socioeconomic class. I... Um, Decided to leave my job at the college for about two and a half years because I started working there about three weeks after I graduated. Mm. And I kind of never felt like between that and working in a psychiatrist's office um, in, you know, in private practice, I never kind of felt like I had given back to the community in a social work way. Mm. So I decided that I would uh, leave there, work at Golden Valley Health Center's which was probably the hardest thing that I ever did in my life, but the most rewarding and, Hmm. but I got burnt crispy. So that was kind of a bad thing. Yeah. I hear that a lot from social workers, right? Like I got into this to work with the underserved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. but the way in which the kind of environments in which we do that often are the ones that can burn us the fastest. I, I really did. Um, you know, <laughs> there were days that I was seeing 13 clients mm-hmm. a day. How'd and you know you were burned out? Like what were your signs if you don't wow. mind me asking? No. Yeah. Um, I really think that that's such a good, important thing. Um, I literally got to the point where I just couldn't, I was getting sick often. Mm-hmm. I was, um, it was really interesting. My body was trying to tell me things too. I had to have my gallbladder out during that time. I had mm-hmm. to have a hysterectomy out to, I mean, oh. I had a hysterectomy during that time. Major um, surgery. Um, wait, Jenny is going nuts or something. Cause all I hear is. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jenny. 
Oh, Benny, he he sees he sees a cord. Oop. He sees a cord and. Well, if it's better to do it without it, we can. If okay. It's, if it's better to do it without it, we can. Like, no, it's fine. Okay. Okay. So the signs you were burned out. What were they? Um, just overly tired. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, having to have two surgeries in a matter of two and a half years. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it was affecting my ability to be able to function in an appropriate way. And then just the idea that I would, I was a lot, I think I was like actually kind of going into depression. I was really cheerful yeah. um, in a way. Um, but I think I was just darn tired. It's hard. <laughs> and also if it's exhaustion. Yeah. But literally I had to take six months off Kelly when oh. I, um, and I probably would have taken a year off, uh, but they called me to teach a class in Modesto. And mm-hmm. so I kind of felt like, okay, I'll go help. Cause it was like at the last minute. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was just, I was tired. So when's the moment that you decide, or is there a moment? I don't know. How did it happen that you were like, I'm going to go into private practice? Um, so divorce, divorce happened. Um, I hadn't, hadn't passed my test. I took the test three times. Didn't pass the first two times by one point. Welcome to the one point club. (laughs) (laughs) We should have a support (laughs) group. The winners. <laughs> Miranda's like, I failed by one point, but then I got notified that I didn't fail. I know, and I was like, dang, well, I never got that notification. <laughs> so you go with your bad self if you want. But guess what? The rest of us had to wait. So that's tough. Um, yeah. So I was taking the exam, but there was a lot of pressure on passing. So when that pressure got taken away, um, I just went and took the exam without studying. Pass. Uh-huh. Boom. Uh-huh. Second one, no pass. Boom. Nothing. Uh-huh. Um, so you took it after you had separated? Is that what you're saying? Like That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I knew that we were going through the divorce, and, and yes, that's how I decided to do it. Because um, how do you want to say it? I, I was intelligent about the choices that I made before our marital settlement agreement was done mm-hmm. because you can't show a lot of income. You can't show a lot of what you're you know, capable of doing. So, um, so he, he was the mastermind about having ever heard of a Gavron warning. No. So this is a really good thing to know. Um, <laughs> if your spouse decides that you're not working to your full potential, it's a really old kind of thing. Uh-huh. It could put a gavel warning on your marital settlement agreement, meaning that at any time they feel, you know, the adversary feels that you are not working to your full potential, that he or she can take you back to court uh-huh. to, um, well, because I have lifetime alimony. Okay. Uh-huh. As long as either one of us don't pass or, uh, or he doesn't lose his job uh-huh. or I don't get married. So, um, so if he ever feels like I'm 
not working to my full potential, he can take me back to court and okay. push me into doing that. Mm-hmm. So for those that are listening that don't know you, I mean, this divorce is a big part of your story and it is also a big part of your work now. It is. It is definitely. And I think um, that is common that our stories become part of our art and our craft. Which I never would have thought. I never really. Would have thought. Well, when I first met you, you were really focused on play therapy, right? Yeah. I work with children. That's all I really have done. Yes. I remember this. Yes. Uh-huh. I, and that's all I really had done was working with a child psychiatrist. And, you know, of course, when you work with children, you work with families and, and you know, and such. But uh-huh. very focused on children and believe in advocating for children. And I still do. Uh-huh. I still do see them in my, my practice, but I happen to have an intern, which, you know, therefore I don't have to see as many. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to, you know, give her some because she didn't have a lot of, um, didn't have a lot of uh, experience. So I want her to have that experience. Mm, that's great. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this has evolved, you know, <laughs> the idea of using your, um, using your life story to be able to help other people. Um, I, when I was teaching at Modesto, one of my students says, Hey, Miss Q. I was like, Hey, what's up? And she was like, Hey, do you think that you're like going through your divorce so that maybe you can help people in the future? And I was like, wow. Like, I don't even know how to answer that. Could, could I get back to you? I'll let you know in five years. <laughs> I, I was like, whoa, I don't know, because this is still too new. I'm still over here. You know, I, I said I was like in survival mode. Um, so, okay, let's go back a little bit. You're going through the divorce. You pass your exams. Yes. I actually didn't pass my exam until after our marital settlement agreement was done. Okay. And then you pass. But why private practice? Because you could have gotten another job working for a psychiatrist and just staying in that practice, like working for someone else, but in a less taxing environment. Why, why private practice for you? Um, because I think... I had, or I have a need to have autonomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I was taught well by the people that I worked with, whether it be mentored or, or was around that I had the ability. Plus, you know what? Therapy wasn't my first career. Uh-huh. You know, good morning. Thank you for calling. You know, so I was a receptionist and I was a secretary and I was a paralegal. Uh-huh. I was, I mean, I've done so many different jobs that I have a lot of, my skill set is large. So I felt confident to be able to, to run a business. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and, but, it, but it was more the autonomy and being able to do it. And Kelly, in honesty, I think I needed to have that. I needed to know that I could stand on my own two feet. Right. Kind of to be empowered after something that was so difficult. Yeah. And at the time, um, I met my boyfriend, you know, I met him because again, we separated in 13 divorced December 31st of 2015. 
Um, I met my boyfriend September 2014, and he was like, me, you know, you have this wonderful degree. Why don't you use it to your full potential? And at first I was kind of, you know, like distorted. I was kind of like, okay, that's rude. (laughs) But he was very encouraging when I had passed my exam. He didn't really understand it so much, but he was like, okay, what do you want to do? And I was like, I think I want to do private practice. And I said, if I'm supposed to do it, I'm going to find two offices side by side in either this office complex or this office complex, which were right across the street from each other. And there was two offices there for me. Why that? Why that office? Well, yeah, like why, if if this is meant to be, it'll be these two offices. Why two or? Uh, Oh, two offices side by side? Uh Uh-huh. Because one was a play therapy room. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, awesome. Mm -hmm. So when you first got started, what really helped you learn the ropes? Because there's a lot to take in. Um, What kind of helped you with that? What were some things that were important for you? Um, Without a doubt, I would not be where I am, happy as far as I am. Um, You know, I've had my corporation now for a year and a half, which is crazy. (laughs) Um. But I wouldn't be where I am um, if it wasn't for Mac. Mm. Mac and the tribe that surrounds me because of that. Uh huh. Priceless. Awesome. I would never, ever be where I am in so many different ways without that. So, for people that don't know what Mac is, that's most awesome conference. Mia was in the first one uh our first round of it so yeah so literally i passed my exam in april that's right i'm recalling this yeah and i remember talking and and miranda was like i was like i think i want to come and she goes well basically i know we're not going to stop you so i guess you better pack the bags yeah (laughs) you know that is something too i will say about your personality and the way you approach things and when um Everybody has their own path, their own way of doing it. And with your personality, you are a very much like seize the day kind of person in my experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm not surprised you are where you are at all. Like, not. no, I told you that the first time I met you, I was like, this is going to take yeah. off pretty easily. And I was like, okay. You were like, no, no, I don't know how to put this column on my website. I'm like, that's the least of your problems. Like, I, I didn't care about the website. I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Yeah, so I, you're a go-getter, you know, like, and some people um, are kind of have a different pacing, and that's fine as well, but you have kind of an energy about you that is, I don't know, just seize the day, carpe diem. It is, it is. Uh-huh. I hadn't really thought about, I mean, that's pretty much all the way it is. Once I have it, I, I, my, you know, I used to say, once I got st- something stuck in my crawl, I can just, I run with it. Yeah. As long as it makes sense. So when you started the private practice, when you thought like big picture, what were some of the things you envisioned? Um, that it was going to be comfortable, mm-hmm. that I wanted it to be. After, <laughs> after I was told how much I was going to be charging by Miss Kelly here, <laughs> I was like, I said, okay, well, I need, I would like to have a office that uh, makes, you know, have people be comfortable, have them um, 
not feel like, why am I paying the amount that I am? Um, Mm -hmm. um, That I wanted it to just be just an all around welcoming place as I, you know, not so therapeutic, not medical model, just a, a place where people could feel comfortable um, to come in and, and um, find their space. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Did you know that you'd be, I mean, did you imagine taking on an intern and all this? <laughs> um, or did that come later? So my intern, Myra, is also my goddaughter's mom. Uh-huh. And um, so I met her when I was an academic counselor at the college. And she was, and she also worked at a restaurant that my ex-husband and I used to go to often as a waitress. And um, I kind of adopted a lot of the waitresses that worked there and kind of helped them through their careers. Um, the owner secretly says, do you realize you're killing me? But he, <laughs> he, he, would, he loved the idea that they were um, going to move on to bigger and better things. So Yes. Um, but she was going to be a nurse when I met her and she couldn't handle blood. And so I said, okay, that probably isn't the greatest uh, career for you, career path. And so therefore she fell in love with her sociology class and her psychology class and pretty much the rest is history. She got done and she's my intern and she's amazing. It has nothing to do with, um, the fact that, you know, we're practically related now, you know, culturally mm-hmm. that it is. Um, she, her first year at the hospital locally, got an employee of the year. Cool. That just doesn't happen. So I was just feel really happy that, you know, I get to have her in my office. She's amazing. But when you open your practice where you're like, I'm going to have interns, I'm going to have other clients, was that even in your mind? No. So I, I want to just like, highlight this because sometimes things do just come together. Not sometimes. I would say my story just, mm-hmm. it's, it's that vision and putting the energy, the good energy. Well, out you, there. you put work into it. <laughs> this isn't just like, Oh, it, yeah. it came together. But I think sometimes, for example, I remember thinking, Oh, I, I want, I'm going to have a clinic. <laughs> oh, <that's> so funny. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh no, you know, like I'm good. Just me, myself mm-hmm. um, or whatever mm-hmm. that could come. Who knows that vision can come around again. Mm-hmm. But I think part of the work, the energy you put towards is being open to considering other ideas and possibilities, that flexibility mm-hmm. aspect while you're very like focused, there's mm-hmm. an a- element of flexibility. I think that's in, in well, the flexibility, but also for my mind, you know, um, when you go from a two income family mm-hmm. to yourself, I needed to have that stability for a while. I needed to have the other job. So I was still teaching. Mm-hmm. For a period of time and then I was still working in a psychiatrist's office for a period of time so I just finished uh I quit gosh what month was it December November mm-hmm. no, October probably October um I left so okay keeping the other jobs it was out of just kind of 
getting used to or having your business replicate some revenues first and show consistency so you felt secure? What? (laughs) I honestly think it was for myself. I think um, I come from a family of we're all safe. You know, we're, we're more of the idea of being safe. We're not, we don't, we're not chance takers. So Mm -hmm. when I went to my father and said, I'm going to start my private practice, he was like, what do you need or how can I help? But it was kind of, it's very foreign because we don't do those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I am the first person in my family to graduate from college. So this is, you know, that's, that's new also. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, I needed it for myself because, you know, when you go from having somebody handling all of the financials, Mm. literally, I didn't get my checkbook back until probably three months until we were divorced. Wow. So, um, and it was, okay, this is, this is funny story. It's not funny. It's kind of sad, but it's funny all at the same time. So I bought my first car myself, and when the guy said, hey, um, so can you tell me how much you make? You know, I didn't know what that was. I had to get on the mobile thing and find out what was deposited into my account because mm-hmm. here I was with my three jobs, but I never knew what they actually were paid. Because you didn't, you weren't involved in that. Wasn't involved in it, didn't, and... Um, I, I think I was more at one time, but once I got into education, that was like the least of my worries. And mm-hmm. my ex-husband was very good at that, and I trusted him. Mm-hmm. So it was really easy to just let him do it. Sure. So talk, let's talk about then some of the adjustments. Like what has been hard about building the practice? Like I can imagine that is an aspect of relearning or – taking on some new roles that you traditionally hadn't had before? There was a lot, Kelly, when you think about it, you know, I have about 20, 20 bills that I pay every month on Mm -hmm. on average. And Oh gosh, I don't count mine. I can't imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 20 major ones. Yeah. How's that? Uh Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I went from, you know, not worrying about having to make a house payment, you know, rent for my office. I mean, you just think about all those different things. Um, and now it's almost like a game. It's like trying to figure out the puzzle pieces. It's like, okay, you know, and as weird as it sounds, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun where it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I need to figure out how I'm going to make X amount of dollars to pay taxes, or I need to figure out how I'm going to make X amount of dollars to cover this, you know, it's just it. And I don't, I mean, at first I was like, okay, this is a little overwhelming, but I just kind of made it kind of a game in my head. Mm -hmm. And when I had that steady income for a while, at least I knew I had that. Mm -hmm. But once I saw in my private practice that I was reaching the first month that I was making what, 3000 more than I had made any other month. I let myself do that for one additional month. And I was like, it's time to leave the other job. Mm-hmm. And um, I was super tired. I could see that I was working myself too much and there wasn't a reason. 
it was actually, I don't know exactly sure whose voice it was at Mac, but I remember it was like, you need to work, you need to make that money so you don't have to, you know, get the money that you deserve so you don't have to work so many hours, you know. And then when I actually played it out, I'm like, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. Is dumb for me to do this. Yeah, I think um, it's a common situation. I know I... I know when I left the county, it was just sort of this, like, I actually, like, I wasn't getting paid, mm-hmm. but I held my position there on my maternity leave extra mm-hmm. long, mm-hmm. just in case. Yeah. I don't even know why, but just out of that, like, is this really happening? Is this really going to stick, you know, um, just security um, in some regards, so... So, you know, it's so interesting when you said that, and I thought to myself, wow, I wonder if I would have started my private practice when I was still technically married, what that would have looked. I mean, I think I honestly, at this point, I kind of feel like I can survive anything as weird as that sounds, but Uh when you're, when you're married, as long as I was married, um, we are with somebody for that long. I don't think we ever plan on getting divorced. Hopefully you don't get married if you think you're going to divorce the person. But, um, I kind of feel like, uh, it would have been a lot different. And now I have so much more confidence in my abilities in so many different ways. Uh, I love it. I love that. I have the independence. I've always been independent. You know, I think you could tell that, but it's a different way. Yeah, I can. So, if someone was coming to you saying, thinking about starting a practice, what would you tell them? Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. I would say you need to surround yourself with people that you can trust and do research and find out what your skill set is. What, what kind of experience do you have before you come to, to grad school, through grad school? What other things have you learned? What other things have you been exposed to? Um, what is it that you are missing? Um, and whatever it is that you're missing there's probably others that can either help you with that or you can hire a person to do that. Mm-hmm. So for instance, when I was at most often conference, the website was real important. I just knew I was like, I'm going to have somebody else do my website. It's not going to happen. You know, Miranda was like me, you can do it. I, yeah, I, I could have done it, but that wasn't my need. You know, mm-hmm. that was not what I wanted to do. And so um, I'm really glad that she believed in me that I could do it, but, I ended up hiring somebody and um, I actually have another website since then. (laughs) And somebody just yesterday goes, I love your website. We want to come see you because we just fell in love with your website. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, somebody's looking at my website in Merced. This is so cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh gosh. If you could see the iterations of my websites, you know, like <laughs> it's something that constantly, that's the other thing is like things change and it's a good thing. And it, it's like, just keeps getting better, you know? So I think that's great advice. I really, especially around the surrounding yourself with people that are positive. I think knowing, I know some of the people in your community and that you surround yourself with, and they are all not just believers that um, it's possible to be very successful in private practice or in any kind of mental health industry, but they also um, behave in a way, they take action in a way that demonstrates that belief. You know what I'm saying? It's not just um, memes on their Facebook wall, but it's also, it's, they walk what their talk. And so um, I think that that, you know, is good for, to be around other people that are taking action, you know? Yeah. You know, if you have role models in a sense, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not the youngest person in the world, even though sometimes people don't realize that, but I'm not the youngest person in the world. So I've kind of uh, had life experience. So I'm able to use that life experience as well as looking and honoring what other people are doing and, and almost, you know, looking at them saying, oh, well, I'm going to do the same things in some ways, or maybe I'm going to change something in another way. But without a doubt, my, you know, my tribe is, is amazing. So let's talk about moving from play therapy to divorce and thrive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to hear that story. Cause you know, you know this cause you're also, I think you're in boot camp as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, people come in and they're like, what's my niche. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, what if I need to change it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you guys, here's Mia who had one niche and now yeah. got another. So let's right. talk about that. Like how do you go from play therapist child expert to <laughs> well you know i never want to not use you know work sure. with the children but um i believe it it's the idea I, i've always been um a advocate for women being able to stand on their own two feet being able to educate themselves or do what they need to do because of the fact that i watched my mom not having the skill set that she needed um, after divorcing my father. And so there was a lot of things that I learned from that. Um, you know, having your own credit, having um, an education to, to be able to support yourself. So, um, so saying all of that, uh, I wanted to be able to help women be able to get through the situation that I, I went through as well. And I feel like maybe there isn't, um, I shouldn't say that there isn't, I, I just want to be involved in being able to help others with what I know and what I've experienced firsthand. When did that come to mind of like giving yourself permission to do that? Because this has been part of your story since I've known you, but you weren't focused on it in your practice. No, I really wasn't. Um, for a while, 
I think I, I wanted to hide it. I think I, I didn't want to hide that I was getting divorced, but I think I was going through the process. You were not healed per se. Oh. Yeah. I didn't heal um, until like October. Yeah. And I think that there's still days, you know, I'm still living in the same home. Mm-hmm. I've redesigned it, but it's, it's still, I'm still living in the same home. So you're still going to have those memories. Thank goodness. It was a good marriage. Um, and there's a lot of more, definitely the good outweighs the bad. Uh, but I just, um, I, I want to be able to help others. And I never would have thought if you would have said me, are you ever going to do this? I would have said, heck no. <laughs> yeah. I, um, no. And I wouldn't have wanted to do an interview about marriage. You know, I can remember people want to, uh, no, Mm-mm. no, thank you. I'm good. You know, um, but again, I'm not against marriage. It's just the idea. I believe in marriage. I truly do. I believe in the idea of people being married and, and having that, uh, that, uh, bond. Um, but that's not where I was for a really long time. I mean, I always have been there, but not the idea of, of, uh, being able to talk about it and definitely be able to develop something that would help others. So let's talk about how you help people. You do one-on-one work in your office. I do. I do virtual one-on-one, um, and uh, I, I very much enjoy that. Oh, you're doing uh, virtual, too? I am. <laughs> so so um, I'm actually doing more virtual work on Divorce and Thrive than I am in my office. So that's, that's very cool. Those of you that can't see my face, no one will be able to see my face. But I'm just nodding and smiling, like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. I love it. Uh-huh. Um, so you've got virtual. Wait, so are you still seeing kids in the office? Um, I don't see as many children as I used to because I provide those to my, you know, my intern. Uh-huh. And then you have your intern who's doing stuff, uh-huh. and then you're doing virtual. Are you doing therapy or are you doing coaching? Coaching, Divorce and Thrive is coaching. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I have been known to do therapy online mm-hmm. um, <laughs> as needed. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I have, I have, I, get, I, I don't want to say I have it all, but I do have it all. I, <laughs> but it was one of those things that just kind of evolved. It wasn't one of those things that was like, um, okay, so now I'm going to, you know, it was kind of out of necessity. And then, yeah, that's how it kind of worked out. So what with Divorce and Thrive, you're doing one-on-one. What other kinds of things are you doing with it right now or have planned? Or? Oh, Kelly's so excited. So Ooh. I have this wonderful uh plan that's that's coming about and um every day i get much you know one more puzzle piece and so it's just like ah so exciting um so i am building the divorce and thrive academy cool i don't know this guys like i I, so this is the first time i've heard of it cool you know because i've never said it out loud really um, there are very few people, people that I'm working with are the only ones that know. Wow. Um, Divorce and Thrive Academy is going to be a set of videos as well as um, live 
uh, interaction with myself mm -hmm. and worksheets. And then it's going to be working into step up into one-on-ones um, as well as um, like VIP where there's going to be other, other yeah. things that are going to be offered as well. So it's basically an online support and tool academy to help with going through divorce. And then you can get more and more yes. one-on-one -on -one services with you. Yes. So, and it's eight weeks. And um, I will say that it started out to be a zippy course. And then I sat down with myself and I said, self, do you remember when you were going through your divorce and you couldn't even read a magazine to keep your like, you know, brain focused enough? So what do you think you're doing? And so I decided that I was going to do, so Ernesto and I are getting together and we are going to, he's going to do my videos. Cool. And he's going to build, um, I do have a website that's um, almost complete as well. Um, but we're just putting all the little, since I'm coming up with all this stuff that's, so that's going to, you know, feed on that. Um, I think that I'm in shock in all honesty when I think about, wow, I have a website and wow, I'm going to have this and, you know, cause a lot of times it, it doesn't really flat, you know, come out of my brain that this is how this is all evolving. Something that was maybe embarrassing as a failure Mm. It's going to turn into a an amazing, hopefully, thing to help other people. That's beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. And this has all been in the past couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> last year and a half, um, I've, uh, yeah, last year and a half, I passed my board exam. I went to a softened conference. I started my corporation. I've seen clients. Um, I quit my jobs, the other jobs that I needed for my support, and I've now started Divorce and Thrive. If that's not inspiring, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> and I support myself, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of course, I have my support of my tribe and, and, and friends and family, but uh, financially... That's a big deal because I hear it a lot. I'm a single mom. I'm divorced. As just, or I'm just single. Like, how can hey, I do we're this? We're gonna count Benny. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's very helpful in the income department right now. He's expensive. <laughs> so. He's looking at me like you talking to me. Yes, I'm talking about you. He's expensive. No. So, um, yeah, I think I I'm hoping people are also hearing that from you. Is that that um, it, it can be done. Well, you know, adversity, there's, there's that, that idea that you can let it take you down mm -hmm. or you can become more empowered or become or, or <laughs> resonate your power that you've always had, you mm -hmm. know, depends on how you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, Prior to October, I gave myself about two days to, to uh, how do you want to say, to heal or to basically grieve my relationship. Um, but I attended a conference with uh, Joe Muirhead um, in October in, in San Francisco. And um, it was called this 
the part of it was being on the, the hot seat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I don't even know where that came from. But we basically found out that I hadn't given myself time to grieve my 27-year relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I cried for four straight hours. And I didn't make it to dinner that night. And I had a sourdough toast and a banana split for dinner. <laughs> and um, the next day I went back to the conference and hadn't, hadn't really shed a tear about it since. It was just really exactly what I needed. It's very cathartic. Jojo's, oh. Jojo's good with that stuff. Jojo, that know her. I had us all, poor baby. She was just like, but am I going to be able to put them back together? You know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Definitely got in there. Good. So if people want to check you out, if they want to say hello, how can they find you? Well, um, my website should be very close. It should be days away. Um, It's uh, divorceandthrive.com. You can reach me by email at mia at divorceandthrive.com. also, my website for my counseling uh, is counselingmerced.com. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's see, that's about it. I mean, psychology today, you know, <laughs> which is how I get a lot of my business here in my little town of Merced, um, which is so funny because, you know, with, when we went to Most Awesome Conference, meeting so many people from so many places, I'm like, I'm from a little cow town, you know. <laughs> But Miranda was from that little cow town. Yes, she was a little cow town, too. (laughs) You weren't alone. I was not alone at all. Mia, thank you for sharing your story. I I really appreciate it. And um, I was so glad because I asked asked people, I'm like, who wants to share their story? And you volunteered. And I was excited because I knew, like, there are other people that are going through serious relationship changes. Um, just a lot of the stuff that you hit on that I know will be blessed by just hearing what you have to say. So thank you. Um, and I'm excited to hear how Divorce and Thrive does. Um, well, thank you for the opportunity uh, for coming and talking today. And um, thank you so much for being part of my tribe and helping me um, be where I am today for the support and the advice that, that you and Miranda and all my other tribe has always given me. I really appreciate it very much. And um, I, I do honor the fact that I would never be where I am right now without it. Thanks. You're going to make me crack. <laughs> without a doubt. Thank you. I hope you love today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay and constantly battling burnout, Don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.